Hi everyone, I'm your host Patrick, and you're listening to Not Adding Up. As you know by this point, with a new case comes a new co-host. Hey guys, I'm Tristan, and I usually don't listen to unsolved true crime cases, so I am pretty excited to be here. You told me that you have like a pretty strong reaction to unsolved cases. I do. I have a soft heart, I guess. I, I feel things very deeply for other people, I would say. Yeah, this case is definitely unsolved and there's a lot about it that doesn't add up so i hope that it doesn't truly shake you to your core (laughs) but i'm going to jump right into this case because it's kind of a double case well it's definitely a double case but i wasn't able to find as much on the second case that's connected to the first and actually it's like chronologically the case i'm going to talk about second happened before the first this is really confusing but once i get into the dates i'm sure we'll be on the same track okay so this takes place in plant city florida which is a landlocked area of florida known as the winter strawberry capital of the world which is what i found on wikipedia (laughs) the population in 2020 was around 40,000, and that is actually when this case is going to take place in 2020 and just to give like kind of a general location it's outside of tampa so like pretty okay. it's a good bit outside Tampa, but that's the closest like big city in Florida. So the main in- individual involved in this case is Kaya Taylor. And Kaya has been missing since February 6th, 2020. Kaya was 28 when she went missing, which would make her 30 now. She was born on November 16th, 1991 to Kenitha Taylor. Kaya has brownish red hair, brown eyes, she is five foot six and weighs 170 pounds. We're going to get into a, her description a little more, and I just wanted to give a trigger warning for self-harm. So, Kaya has the following tattoos, an infinity sign on her upper chest, a ladybug on her left lower leg, a rose on her inner forearm, a sun on her upper right thigh, and two X's on the back of her shoulder. She has scars on the inside of her forearms and a scar on her right upper arm, and her ears are pierced. So I just wanted to get all of that out there because I feel like having a the best picture you can, if anybody was to hear this and somehow, some way, have any information to offer up to help solve this case, then I want them to have the full description So I wanted to start the case off with some basics about Kaya because she is still missing. So if anybody has any information about Kaya Taylor or any information that you think could lead to her discovery, you can contact the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office at 813-247-8200. Or you could contact the family directly. That would be what I would recommend. For reasons that we will get into, the family is not entirely trusting of the police in this case, and very rightfully so. So while there is a slim chance any of my listeners will have solid information regarding this case, if you do and know it to be legitimate, 
I recommend contacting the family directly rather than the police department. Contact both if you want, but I would definitely reach out to the family and see how they feel about it. Looking at her photos that I will post on the Instagram and Facebook, you can just like see in her like face and her smile that she was a sweet person. Like, I don't know what it is about her, but you can just tell that she's a sweetheart. Her smile is like beautiful and her eyes are kind. A quote from her mother is she lights up the room when she walks in. So Kaya is said to have many friends and was close with her family and everyone around her just loved her. As I'm sure we all know, though, nobody is perfect and we are all human. Her mother reports around the age of 20, Kaya, quote, fell into the wrong crowd and developed a bad relationship with drugs. On January 11th, 2020, just a few weeks before she would disappear, she was arrested for possession of meth. And with this, um, I couldn't find if her boyfriend was arrested with her. So I was on the sheriff's department website looking at like arrest histories mm -hmm. and I tried looking up his name and I'm just talking about this now because the boyfriend's a pretty big part in the case but his name is like hard to find because it's an open investigation and the media doesn't want to say it we'll get into it more but so I tried to look up his name on the website and I couldn't find any arrests on the same date as Kai was arrested for the possession of meth so I don't know if she was with him she was with some of her other friends. I don't know who she was with. But like as I was mentioning before, the only place I could find her boyfriend's name was on an audio recording from the family. The media is being really tight-lipped about his name because the ongoing investigation and they want to cover their asses because if they get sued for defamation, it's not gonna it's gonna be a headache for them. Hmm. But his name is Jason Roberts. And when I looked it up by what I would assume it would be spelled as, it brought up no, uh, no results on the Hillsborough, Hillsborough County Sheriff website. Interesting. Regardless, I am not mentioning this arrest in any way to insinuate that Kaya was a bad person. Individuals who struggle with drugs are all too frequently villainized by individuals who have never dealt with such struggles or walked in the other person's shoes. I think it's important to remember that addiction can happen to anyone and it makes and it in no way makes you less of a human or less of a good human. Very true. In fact, Kaya's family said she was trying to turn her life around at the time of her disappearance and I see no reason to believe that that isn't true. So we're going to talk about the day of her disappearance now. February 6th. 2020, she dropped off her boyfriend, Jason Roberts, at his residence on Cowart Road in Plant City. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. Cowart. C-O-W-A-R-T. <laughs> Cowart, yeah. <laughs> she left his house around 4 p.m. on February 6th, 2020, and this was the last time she was seen. Her plans after leaving was to go meet with her sister-in-law, Portia, but clearly she never made it there. Three hours after she was last seen by Jason and his family, her vehicle was discovered around 7 p.m. Kai's vehicle was found abandoned, facing the wrong way in the middle of railroad tracks. <laughs> what? Literally wrong way in the middle of railroad tracks three hours after she was last seen, but that's not it, okay? 
Her car was running, still running. Her wallet, which had her, I'm assuming ID, I didn't get it, I didn't see it get mentioned directly, but debit cards and social security card, her literal social security card was still in her wallet, which was still in her car, and her phone was on the ground next to the driver's side door, which was open. Huh. So the car is sitting in the middle of the railroad, facing the wrong way. As the wrong, it says it mentioned multiple times that it was facing northbound, not southbound. So I'm assuming that the way you would cross that typically she wouldn't have been facing that direction. Yeah. But it was found still running. The driver door it was open, and the phone was on the ground. I already have like so many questions, and I'm like, hmm. So who was it found by? You might ask. So we'll we'll get into that. So a citizen saw the car and just thought it was clearly weird as hell that it was just sitting in the middle of the railroad and called the police. Police responded to the scene, proceeded to move the car off of the train tracks and do nothing else because, quote unquote, they found nothing suspicious about the scene. What? They said, they said if a missing persons report was filed, they would have had reason to be suspicious. Oh, what logic is that? The car was running. (laughs) And like... uh, Like, how would the person be missing? In the middle of train tracks. Like, that's not normal. Like, that's not like an everyday, like, oh yeah, someone left their car on the train tracks I mean, maybe, I guess, in Florida. Maybe, but like, I don't think so. Like, it's a a train track. Trains are gonna go and like, hit it. Like Abandoned cars is definitely probably common. But Maybe. to find them running and to find them like... In a weird spot like that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's and then weird. to say that if there was a missing persons report, they, they would have had something to go off of. But if the car was running, then clearly the person was there. Yeah, like something happened. Like there's... Recently. I, like to whenever they found it. Like but. they found a phone, like obviously like on the bottom of the floor. Like I don't know what else. I don't know what the car looked like, but I'm sure it did not look like... It was a black Toyota. I left my car normally, like... That's so weird. I don't know. They didn't even run the plates. Oh, no. <laughs> so we're going to break down the last people to see Kaya. Like I already said, the mm-hmm. last individuals to see her were was her boyfriend, Jason, and his parents, and a friend of Jason's. They all report that Kaya was acting erratic and possibly going through some sort of mental break, according to them. But, like, there's not much information... So, like, surrounding that, and there's nobody else in her life was saying anything that said, like, leads to make one believe that she was going through a mental break or a mental crisis. like, you said that she was turning her life around, like, she was trying to. The only time that comes up is when police were questioning Jason and his friend and the parents, the last people to see her. This investigation, when police start actually questioning people... There is a lot of lost time because Kaya's mother, Kenitha Taylor, said it was not uncommon for her not to hear from her daughter for a few days. And she was not overly worried because, I mean, she's 28 at that yeah. point. She's a full-grown woman. Yeah. So. But she began to worry when she was informed that her daughter's car was sitting on the side of the railroad track. As one would, you know, like, that's not normal. <laughs> no, it's not. And... The police weren't the ones to inform her. What? No. 
No. Before we get into that, I want to say that, like, I don't think it's uncommon that she wasn't worried for the beginning. Like, I, I kind of already said that. But another reason is the mom was not very fond of the boyfriend. So I'm guessing if the mom, like, wasn't hearing back from her, she would just assume that they were together and she wasn't responding because he knew she knew that her mom didn't like him and yada, yada, yada. But as I said, the police didn't even run the plates, so they didn't even know whose the car was. Therefore, Kenitha Taylor had no clue her daughter was her daughter's car was found in such a suspicious way. Days, days before she would find out that her where the car was. And Kenitha believed that it was just on the side of the tracks and didn't find out until later that police moved it after discovering it. Ooh, that would make me so mad. Like, oh. Because of this, it is not until February 10th that Kenita Taylor files an official report. Wind that back for you. It was February 6th at 4 p.m. when she was last seen. Wow. So nearly four four days, just about four four days of lost time searching for this missing person. Oh, I... Because it's not suspicious to have a running yeah, no. car on a railroad. No, I do it every day, you know. <laughs> I see it too. That's a, it's my preferred parking spot. <laughs> so now that we know that Kenitha has filed in a, a police report, let's recap what we know so far. First, there is a 911 call made on February 6th because the car was blocking the railroad. The police responded, moved the car, left. Days later, Kaya's good friend Tiffany was looking for her because she was worried about Kaya. Kaya was sleeping on Tiffany's couch from time to time, and they definitely probably talked more uh, frequently than her and her mother. So mm-hmm. she was worried before Kanitha even knew something was up. Quick side note. I know some of these aspects don't make Kaya look the best, like her drug felony bouncing around from home to home, living with a boyfriend, living with a friend. But Kaya was working a full-time job at a call center, holding down a job at the time of her disappearance. So, just like, I don't want any, like, misconceptions to be made about the facts that I'm giving. It is also mentioned that not long before she went missing, she paid her mom money for car insurance. So, like, she had money and she was being at least responsible enough to keep paying her mom for insurance. Yeah. So there are some people who think that this might have, like, some thing to do with, like, a drug deal gone wrong or, like, some involvement with the drugs because she struggled with that. But I don't, or like maybe she was doing something for money. There's just been a bunch of theories that have come. But I really don't think that any of those have any like weight really. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she disappeared so suspiciously. And I think that if somebody was fiending for drug money, they would 100% not have paid their mother insurance money. That is <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. They like, would have used that money. Yeah. And like that's something that they would have not gotten arrested for because it's their mom. So. Like, I don't think that that has any weight. I do want to say something um, with, like, the mom and best friend situation and the boyfriend's parents. You know, like, the last thing that they said, like, she seemed, like, sporadic and, like, was having a mental breakdown. Like, if that was me and, like, my mom and I, like, weren't that close, like, I would be texting, like, my friends and being like, hey, like, I need, like, help. Especially if she's, like, trying to, like, get into a better place. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I think that they were pretty close. They had a... Yeah, I mean, like, just because they don't talk every day. Mm -hmm. She's she's 28. Mm -hmm. Like, 
you're not going to talk to your mom every single day. Like, after, like, a few days or, like, a week or something, like, yeah, maybe, like, just because you don't talk to your mom every day does not mean you don't have a good relationship. It's just, like... Being an, an adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, going back from the side note. So Tiffany was looking for her car because she hadn't heard from her in a few days. After looking around, Kaya's boyfriend, Jason, calls mm. her to tell her where the car was. Nobody can see Tristan's face right now, but she's like... I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I Oh, I knew it. I'm like, mm, he's a suspect for me, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, it's like, it sounds a lot worse than it is. But, I mean, no, it really doesn't. No, it does not. How... So, the car was less than a mile from the boyfriend's house. I mean... Oh, I... <laughs> I wish I could, like, find a way to translate your facial expressions into audio <laughs> this is just crazy like mm, i knew i got a weird vibe <laughs> so the reason that he knew where the car was is because the mom his mom saw it when i guess she was just driving around because it was less than a mile from their house and she told jason and jason told tiffany not has, police has the boyfriend not been looking for her like <laughs> i guess not if if my significant other's car was abandoned in a road, haven't talked to them in a few days, I would be, like, looking. I'd be, like, texting people. It's mentioned uh, frequently that they were on on again, off again. But either way, if you're yeah. on again, off again with somebody, you're still going to care that they're fucking missing. Yeah, at least, like, if you see their car somewhere random for, like, a few days, then obviously something is going to, like, click in your mind and be like, oh, wait, something might be wrong. I don't know. But after Tiffany discovers her car, thanks to Jason, she takes it to Kanitha, uh, Kaya's mother's house. When her mother learned her phone and her wallet were in the car, she knew instantly that something was very wrong. It wasn't just the fact that her car was there. You don't leave those things. Like, that's not something that you can just live without. without. Yeah, Yeah, in 2020, no. (laughs) So she filed a police report the very next day after getting the car. So this is when her mom found out all of the suspicious aspects surrounding her disappearance, such as the car being parked on the tracks, the engine being on, and the door being open as after she filed the police report. So she was like, oh, so you guys already knew all of these things and nothing was being done. Wow. They didn't even run plates or anything to be like, hey, like, your daughter's car was found here. Like, what? Like, wasn't... Wait. Was, was the mom's name... Somewhere with that car? Is that why she was, like, paying her insurance, or... Well... What was that? Are you asking, like, why was the car taken back to the mom? No. Like, was the mom's name on any paperwork for the car so that, like, if they run the license plate, they would have, like, her number to call or something like Probably, that? Probably, but, um, it would definitely would have brought up Kaya first. Yeah. If they ran. Yeah. And they had their, they had her license. That's and, like, they had true. at least identification. Like, I don't know they if had they had her, had her wallet. license... They Better had ID. Social security card. Literally everything they could need. They took the car to Kanitha's house because I'm sure that that was like the most safe place yeah, for it to be. Yeah, where else would you take it? When her mother got Kaya's phone, she obviously went through it to see if she could find anything of interest. Yeah. And what she found would raise more questions than it would answer. Oh, goodness. So she found the last text message Kaya sent before going missing. Actually... It was the last text message she sent to her boyfriend. I don't know if she sent any others, but I'm sure they would have been mentioned. So Yeah. Um, the text message, however, reads, So you are going to send your white supremacist friends to take care of me? Question <gasps> mark. 
Her boyfriend, Jason Roberts, was known to be racist, and he had posted various offensive comments to his Instagram profile. His bio contains, quote, alt-right Jewish disciple of Christ slash rabbi, unquote. One of his posts was a combination of the Confederate flag and a swastika with text from Revelation 3.9 regarding the synagogue of Satan. This is a concept commonly weaponized to be anti-Semitic with, and it asserts that the true quote-unquote Jewish people are actually just Christians. So the quote is, Look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, to come down and bow at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. So he was clearly a racist piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> is a racist piece of shit because oh he's still my- alive. God. Even if he's not really like related at all to her disappearance, anybody who would post yeah, something no. like that. Mm-mm. So the text remains one of the biggest mysteries in the case. That's like, I'm sorry. How is that not like really like police? Have did police do anything about it? No. And they looked into him. They looked <laughs> into My like, but it, that's something I will say is how like tight-lipped the media and police are being right now hmm. it could be that they actually are having an ongoing investigation and they actually are looking into it but i'm like how many how much more can you have like yeah. there's not much there's nothing else that you're gonna get so like crack down on him i don't maybe know maybe they're like really trying to like get a solid group like a solid leader case of mm-hmm. evidence against him so that they can like really get him if he did do it and it's because we don't know if she's passed. We don't know if she's still That's so alive. Scary. It's, it's horrible. Yes, insane. The investigation began on February 10th after Kenitha filed her police report. So they checked numerous buildings, CCTV footage. They searched all the surrounding woods, which Plant City is a pretty rural area. So there was a lot of woods to search. They brought out dogs. They like They did the damn thing. Ten days after Kaya's disappearance, police conducted a traffic survey where they handed out hundreds of missing flyers to all the vehicles in the area the road her car was discovered is a very highly trafficked area and it was presumed to be left there between 4 and 6 p.m which is literally rush hour so police were hoping that they could find somebody who saw something suspicious with that car and be able to help her family also conducted multiple searches of the area finding nothing until weeks after kaya's disappearance when they found shoes that she was presumed to be wearing when she went missing underneath a missing poster for Kaya near where she uh, disappeared from. It was on a drainage pipe. Two weeks after. Oh. Did they run, like, did they dust for fingerprints? The police will not comment on the shoes. Okay. Okay. So... That means they have something, question mark? Mm, From what I... I don't know. Like, they won't comment on it, but it kind of seems like they were just, like, not even accepting it as evidence. Why wouldn't they? I... I, That's... I can't be positive. They could be. They Like, I don't know. They... I just found that they will not comment on the shoes, but the family is commenting. That is so... So creepy. Like, that's... Unbelievably weird. And it's very common for predators to return to the scene of the crime where yeah. they committed to like relive it 
sick. Like left the shoes. To tease the fucking family. Oh my goodness. To tease the family. That was just horrible. Her mother remains positive that these are her daughter's shoes and that they are, she has photos to prove it. I believe her. Yeah, no. Like, like, that's that's her daughter. She would know. My mom would know in an instant as well. That's so crazy. So we're going to talk about Kenitha a little more. So while all of the media sources that came out recently in 2020 neglect to connect Jason to the case, as I've been talking about, because they popped to just watching their ass for defamation suits, um, <laughs> yeah. Kenitha is confident that he is a suspect in the case, and he, she's loud and proud about it. She was like, he is a suspect the police won't comment, but Kenitha is like, oh, yes, he is, honey. I will tell you that. So police have repeatedly referred media to a 12-minute podcast on the case, neglecting to add any new info as it is an ongoing investigation. Mm-hmm. I listened to the podcast, and it was pretty just, like, cut and dry, like a police uh, report of – it was just a police report, basically. Like, he was yeah. just giving the incidents of the case. Typically, I won't use podcasts as a source because, like, I am a – like, it's just kind of like a – taboo like i wouldn't use another person's creation as my mm-hmm. own like i try to find physical like media sources books stuff like that but since this was directly from the police department i thought it was pretty necessary so this could genuinely be because it's an ongoing investigation that they're not giving out any information or it could be because they haven't done anything and they have nothing to give it's like a 50 50 chance and it's like we don't really know i hope it's the former yeah but we don't know Regardless, Kanitha is very suspicious of Jason. She reports that he has been no help at all in the search for her daughter. Hmm. He's like not, he doesn't, he's not responsive. What? Like, even if you were an on again, off again thing, like you were still a thing. Like. I literally have that in my notes. I was literally, no. I'm like, why would you not be concerned about the disappearance of your girlfriend, even if it's not like. Yeah, like she dropped you off dude like exactly like and now you're just like yeah whatever she's missing (laughs) that's and you mm. saw her acting erratically quote-unquote yeah and like didn't care i guess question mark i mean that's i'm like i'm not gonna say anything about that because if if there was this like a couple fight and she was acting quote-unquote crazy go leave and calm down but once she's leaving and missing and her car's found that's when you know something's wrong yeah but like yeah but like you got into a fight with your girlfriend, and now she's missing, and you don't care? Uh, yeah, and I, but I don't know. There was never well, on, a fight, quote-unquote, okay, said. Okay. She was just acting erratic. Okay. But hypothetically, if they were, that is a that is a hypothetical that you put out. Like, oh, I can't. This man is very suspicious. <laughs> Her mother also reports domestic abuse in the relationship guilty <laughs> however no no like specifics were given um there was a, in a media uh, a media interview so i'm sure she didn't she was probably also worried about some sort like she didn't want to say too much on like live tv or the recording but she refers to jason as always being up to quote no good wow the all the things that are kind of piling up against him it is and Kai was aware of her mother's feelings, so that also explains why it's not weird for her not to talk to her. Yeah. I love how suspicious you are of him. Oh, I'm so suspicious. How could you not be? No, no I, I'm sorry, but, like, as soon as the story started, basically. You I said, oh, like, there's a boyfriend involved in the story? Yeah, no. <laughs> if, if it's... Like, listen. 
It's not always, but, you know, if the boyfriend doesn't care or, like, do anything or, like, is being very suspicious and, like, especially with this case, like, not caring that, like, someone is obviously, like, having a mental break or just, like, very upset about something and, like, you have some sort of relationship with them close enough that they know your family and, like, they dropped you off at their house. It's just, like, how could you not care about that? In the very end, like, the very least care about the family. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's so true. At least be like, is there anything I can do to like help and like be as um as helpful as I can? Yeah, as yeah. helpful as you can t- in any aspect. Literally, it's very suspicious. Like how how is it not suspicious? He's, he's it just don't like, add up. It don't. It do not add up. <laughs> also, giving a disclaimer. So the last few episodes I've recorded in my room and my apartment, and it's it's not. We ain't in no studio here, honey, okay? <laughs> so if you hear a little a little creaky creak of the chair, I apologize. I'm just giving that giving that apology out there. Kenitha Taylor is certain that Kaya would not have walked away from her life like this. Quote, she would never just leave me like that. Another quote from her is, I wish someone would just take us out of this misery and tell us what happened. Have some mercy on us. So it's like a mother just wanting answers to her. Her daughter's disappearance. That just breaks my heart. As of March 2020, when there was a media uh, coverage on this that I looked into, her bedroom was still set up the same way it was when she no. left. So they really just want a proper goodbye to Kaya. Her mom was holding on to hope for the first year, but after the year two mark, she said that. I know my daughter, and I know if she was alive, she would have found a way to contact me at this point. Oh, my goodness. So, Kanitha is, uh, she believes that Kaya has passed, and at this point just really wants resolution. Yeah, closure. Despite Jason's suspicious behavior, he has not yet been directly connected with her disappearance. Mm-hmm. Police- that we know of. Exactly. Police haven't even admitted that he was ever a suspect, though. So that's kind of suspicious. Like, they never even said he was a suspect. Like I said, maybe they're really just trying to, like, keep it on the down low so that they can, like, hit him hard. Catch him slipping up. Yeah. I hope. This is just, like, so heartbreaking. I could not imagine going through that. That's... It was covered a lot in the media for the first few weeks, but then the pandemic happened, and the media turned its attention to the pandemic. What a horrible time. Oh my goodness. Trying to get, like, your story of your daughter out, and not everybody's talking about that, yeah. And, like, also trying to find your daughter during the pandemic, I'm sure was, like, ten times more difficult Mm -hmm. Than before, because everything else, everything was during Closed, the pandemic. Yeah. Like, it was so bad. Oh my gosh. Wow. This is a quote from her sister. No answers, no leads, no nothing. It's heartbreaking. She deserves to be found. That is her sister, Katrina Overstreet. Another one of her sisters said, she is the light of our lives and we just need our girl back. That was Portia, her sister she was going to see the day she went missing. 
the family is actively trying to solve their daughter's case, and they have a Facebook Finding Kaya. Her name is spelled C-I-E-H-A, C-I-E-H-A, not the typical way to spell. I don't, I've actually never seen Kaya spelled, so that could be the typical way, I don't know. But they have a Facebook, and they post about every month just to kind of keep it alive, keep her name out there. Good. They also have a TikTok where they post some information. I wasn't able to get on the TikTok because I'm not on TikTok. Oh, and I tried I'm to like, sign I... in. I tried to sign into my TikTok and literally went through the runaround. And like now, I can't even get into TikTok, so that's fun. I'm like, give it to me. I'll but follow I mean, it. they I they posted them. This. Like, I want to see this through. They posted their TikToks or a few of them to the Facebook, so that's one. That's like where I could. That's the only place I could find his name. Really, Jason Roberts. Like, that's the only. That is the only source that I saw. I didn't see. I just heard Jason Dwayne Roberts is what I think it was her aunt that was on the, in the video. I don't think it was her mom. They look pretty similar though. But wait. Oh my goodness. So this case might have more connected to it. It might not. But there is another case that is frequently connected to it, not by police, because it is unconfirmed to be connected by police. But both are still unsolved. So let's talk about the di disappearance of another young woman that took place just three weeks before Kaya went missing. Okay. This other young woman is Veronica Reyes Diaz, and she went missing presumably from Dover, Florida, on Saturday, January 18th, 2020. Did you say a few months before? A few weeks, three weeks before. So okay. January 18th is Veronica. Okay. February 6th is Kaya. Okay. So earlier that night before she went missing, she went out with a few friends to a bar and grill after dropping off her children at her sister's in-law, her sister-in-law's, in Plant City, Florida. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Her husband was at home in Dover, Florida, watching their one-year-old that night, so he was at their house in Dover the entire night. Okay. Around 1.15, Veronica picked up her two older boys, who are aged four and five, from her sisters in Plant City, Florida. This is the same area Kaya would go missing just weeks later. Veronica, however, left Plant City and drove home to Dover, Florida, about a 15-minute drive. I find it a little interesting that she would make this drive at, like, 1 in the morning with her two, four, like, a 4-year-old and a 5-year-old. I don't yeah. know. That's a, maybe it's a common thing for them, but it could be normal. I just feel like it's a little late to make a drive like that. So Veronica gets to her home in Dover and takes her boys to bed, tucks them in. And then for an unknown reason, goes back outside after putting them to bed. Veronica has never been seen since. What? So she tucks in her boys for bed. And then her boys hear her go outside. And she's never been seen since. Was the car there? Like, did she... Her husband woke up the next day and didn't see Veronica. But when he looked outside and saw the car in the driveway, alarm bells began ringing. Oh, no. So before he went out to the car, he asked his boys if they knew where mom was. And they told him they didn't know, but she went outside last night after tucking them in. He goes outside to the car and finds the keys in the ignition. 
but I don't think the car is on. It wasn't on. Okay. So that's different. But the keys are still in the ignition, and her wallet is still in the car. However, unlike Kaya, her phone is missing. So that's pretty similar. Not uh, not really similar, because it's not like it's abandoned in a strange location. Yeah. But her car had belongings. But, like, still pretty weird. Her family says that she has struggled in the past with being a mother and had to take a break for a few days, which is completely un- completely understandable. Like, being a mother is hard, yeah. I can imagine. But they do not believe that this instance is uh, what happened. Like, they don't think that she was just taking a break or they don't think that she needed a break at this point. They think this is very suspicious. I mean, I'm sure she would have said something. Been like, hey, guys, I need, like, a two-day break like i'm gonna go away to a hotel for like a little bit so because she's done this in the past and her family didn't really want to jump the gun she was reported missing on the 20th which was like two days after the last night she went missing on the 19th but it was the early hours like 1 a.m like after she tucked her boys in so it's probably around two to three that she was last seen probably around two because mm-hmm. it was a 15 minute drive she picked up her boys at 1 15 and she went outside so she went missing in the early, early hours of the 19th, and the police report was filed the 20th. Okay. The investigation, which had literally nothing to go off of, nothing, yeah, brought no viable leads. So did she just run away? Her family, like I said, feels this is very unlikely. Something to make this seem even more unlikely is the following week, Veronica had plans with her husband to adopt her two older sons, which were not his birth children. So he was adopting her children so so they could oh, yeah. be a family. yeah. Why would she leave then? Like, if she wanted to leave, I'm sure she would have done it, like, once the children were adopted. If she really wanted to, like, leave, leave, mm-hmm. she would have waited until her kids were, like, in someone else's hands so that she could just, like peace out but th- like, yeah. if that was the case they they have a newborn too like a one-year-old oh together. then yeah no that would not happen what yeah he was home that night with the, the one-year-old this is Dover. not like her just like up and leaving no. No. And police police point even point to the fact that they had this appointment for him to adopt her children as suspicious police definitely are way more affected by this case than uh kaya taylor's I listened to the podcast and you can, t- I don't, I don't think it was the same detective. It was the same office, Hillsborough County Sheriff office, but he is very upset by this case. Um, and the podcast released huh. the same, it's the same podcast that was covering Car- uh, Kaya Taylor's case. Yeah. And they did one on Veronica as well. And the lead investigator says he takes this very personally he doesn't feel as if she would have just up and left her family and he is determined to solve the case so her boys and her family can have some resolution. Because she has three children, all under the age of six. So. Oh my goodness. It's sad in a way that Kaya's case isn't taken like seriously as much as hers just because like she has like she had drug problems and stuff like that. It's horrible that people are so discredited by that if that happens to you it's like and we can't say that that's necessarily happening but that definitely could have a weight in the case a quote from her father is we were told she took off but that's impossible every chance she was there she was involved she didn't just take off 
So her family doesn't think. That is so scary. I love, like, going outside at night, like, you know, just randomly. Like, that's not an absurd thing for me, at least. Like, I don't know. I like to look at the stars sometimes. So, like, go out or look. And just to think that you can just disappear without, like, a trace or... I don't think she was just going out to look at the stars, though. Well, yeah. She had, like, there was... I don't know if she had... She could have, like, the keys were in the cigarette admission. or something. Or she was going somewhere. Like, there's multiple reasons why people would go out in the middle of the night, but, like... The fact that the keys were in the ignition is something that... Maybe, like, the kidnapper or... Or, I don't want to say that, but, like, whoever... Whatever happened, like, someone was trying to leave and, like... Either it was her or somebody else, and, like, they saw someone or something like that. I don't know. That is a really yeah, weird... Makes you scratch your head. Yeah. So one of the police <laughs> said that stood out to them in this case is the sheer lack of any evidence. There was nothing to go yeah. off of. No solid leads have ever been found. That's so scary. Multiple searches have been conducted by both the friends and the family, as in Kaya's case, turning up not- nothing. This one doesn't have as any like suspicious like plot twists in it like the Kaya's case, mm-hmm. but it's just interesting that it takes place. So that is so scary, and she's still missing. Like, yeah. so we're gonna get into a uh, full description of Veronica. So if anybody listening would have any information regarding her case by chance, that would be amazing and very small chance. But I always want to put this stuff in my active cases. So Veronica is four eleven and weighs around one hundred and fifty pounds. She was 23 when she disappeared, which would make her 25 today. Veronica is Hispanic and has brown hair with brown eyes. She was last seen wearing a gray and white long-sleeved crop top, jeans, and blue sandals. If you have any information about Veronica Diaz, please contact the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office at 813-247-8200. So you might be wondering why we included this, why why I included this at the end of Kai's case. So I've already said that they are unrelated by police, but there are numerous similarities between the two cases, and yeah. I'm going to go over those now. Both of their vehicles were found seemingly abandoned with the keys, as well as other important documents in the car, wallet, cash, ID, etc., I didn't mention this. So there was a hundred dollars found in Veronica's wallet in her driveway. So it doesn't really seem like a robbery or anything like that was the, cause they wouldn't take the money. Mm-hmm. So there was cash in her wallet. They disappeared seven miles from each other in three weeks apart. If I think if she was going to leave, like, some have said maybe she would have taken that cash like that's like an untraceable thing like you would not leave that if you just wanted to leave okay and... good point yeah i didn't think about that yeah like, it's another piece of evidence that she wasn't trying to up and leave yeah yeah both of these women are women of color and i'm only mentioning this due to the racist social media presence of jason and slightly incriminating text message he sent to kaya the two women look strikingly alike as well. Like, they look very similar. Um, Even Kaya's sister says that she looks more like Kaya than I do. And they have the same father, just a different mother. But it's, like, undeniable how they look similar. And last but not least, 
they have been found to have numerous uh, mutual acquaintances between the two of them. Which I haven't, I wasn't able to find like who or where yeah. or what. I don't think it was Jason because they probably would have touched on that. But so these women are connected. They were connected in their social lives. There was overlap. Oh my goodness, that is like, that's insane to think about. That just raises like so many questions. It really does. Whether or not these two girls are connected may be important, but even if they are not, they are equally important, mm-hmm. uh, separate, like as separate cases. They There seem to be less online about Veronica than Kaya, likely due to the more suspicious circumstances surrounding Kaya's case. However, if you know anything about either case and you are listening, you can contact the police department at the number that I already mentioned, and I will put it in the show notes as well. In Kaya's case, like I said earlier, I would recommend contacting the family directly. The Facebook will be linked in the show description, and they have other social medias like TikTok, and they have an email that you can get a hold of. So that is about all I have for the disappearances of Kaya Taylor and Veronica Diaz. Both of these cases are still active and any solid information I'm sure would help the police department. My heart goes out to both of these families and I hope with continued coverage and discussion on social media, we can help shed some light on these awful situations and that you can finally have some resolution in Kenitha Taylor's words be put out of the misery of not knowing what happened. Did, do they have like, did they ask around like, did, what kind of neighborhood was it? Like, did someone have like a ring doorbell like nearby that they could have like? So they said that they looked at all the CCTV footage in the area for Kaya's case. And with the Veronica's case, I didn't, I couldn't, there was literally like, like very little articles on it. That's just something that I would Police, police are taking it very very seriously. seriously, So I'm sure they've taken every uh, avenue they can. Mm -hmm. What are your, some of your overall reactions to the cases? I'm like heartbroken. It is so scary and unfair like it just breaks my heart that this can happen to people like it's like even in 2020 yeah yeah, it's not something that like most people would think about like what happened to them but it could literally happen to anyone and like in a split second you could just disappear and it's like it's so scary that that's the kind of world that we're living in right now and i just my heart breaks for the family tremendously and i i hope the best for them i really do and i'm so terribly sorry yeah this is definitely a upsetting case and hopefully that there's something that can come in the next few weeks few months few years that we can have a resolution maybe i'll be able to do an update and give some resolution to the case And before we wrap up, just a reminder, I am still working on the Oakland County child killer case, don't worry, but I figured this case is not quite as 
disgusting is a good <laughs> choice of words. And I think we needed a like little bit of a change of pace for this episode. Because I think, as I said in the previous episode, back to back to back Oakland County child killer would make you just not <laughs> not okay. It, it Trust me, from the research aspect, it has been like it's changing me a little bit reading about these literally disgusting vile human beings that were in our country and probably continue to be so like there's going to be individuals who are like this as long as humans exist so it's just learning about a completely different type of person that i really never wanted to know this much about (laughs) but stay tuned for that and i will have it out with abby as soon as i can I hope all of my lovely listeners are having a great morning, afternoon, or evening, and I hope everybody tunes in again soon for another case that just does not add up.